we then built a machine learning algorithm so that the same can be applied on any camera on any android phone the other thing that we did is with advances in augmented reality at android and ios we built 3d models of our glasses more than one third of our users actually use augmented reality uh, at lenscart during during this period our online growth doubled why do some companies succeed in driving growth while others fail how do some individuals advance in their careers to lead teams that change industries in the age of mobile These are the stories of the companies shaping the way we interact with our world and the people who drive their growth. Hi everyone, it's an absolute pleasure to have our next guest, Ramnik Kurana. Ramnik is currently the co-founder and VP of product at Lenskart, where he has been working for over 8 years. Ramnik, what a pleasure it is to have you here. 8 years, it's kind of like the same time I've been at Branch, so <laughs> long time, right? Yeah, thanks for the kind introduction, Maga. Glad to be here. So, for our audience who might not have heard of Lenscart, tell us a bit about the company. What do you guys do? How did you get started? So, Lenscart started uh, as a pure play online eyewear player. We are currently the biggest eyewear player in India, both in terms of online as well as offline. Wow. We have more than seven hundred stores in the country. We sell online using our applications. and we also sell come to your home for a home visit in case you need to uh, if you're not able to step out of your house and you need to get your eyes checked up we do that as well uh, we are currently operating in india heavily with our online and offline presence we are in singapore uh, with our online and offline presence we have about 15 to 20 stores over there as well and uh, we will be entering middle east in next 3 months we are doing online selling in a lot more markets than that Well, that's so impressive. And tell me a bit about, you know, your founder story. How did you guys? What made you decide to start this company? So I graduated from Georgia Tech uh, in 2009 timeframe. Uh, post which, uh, since this course is very heavy on mathematics and you know coding algorithms, etc., most people end up in companies like McKinsey, BCG, etc. But uh, I had a mentor at the time who guided me that if you uh, begin with grassroots manufacturing, you'll get a much more better understanding and will be uh, much better for you. So at the time, what I did is I uh, started with Michelin Tires in uh, Southeast and worked there for about two to three years. But uh, what was uh, going on there was it was uh, honestly getting a little bit mundane. Michelin mm. is already the number one tire manufacturer, and so my work would make it marginally better. so my motivation was to work on something that will really solve a problem for a lot many people uh, around that time uh, i got to know about the eyewear problem in india which has some interesting statistics 40% of visually impaired actually live in india wow we have a country of over billion but out of which 600 million people need spectacles but uh, interestingly only close to 200 people uh, million people of wear it mm and the reason for such a low number there are many reasons everything from you know uh, cosmetic reason where eyewear is not seen as very cool or was not seen as very cool some years back at least or the problem of person not knowing that they need vision correction as an example for a person who's uh, working on a farm or driving your uber they don't necessarily uh, go through a laptop every day to have a very good understanding that over time that i site has gone down and they need vision correction it is almost like uh, boiling the frog 
where it doesn't become very apparent to the person and it ends up hindering their day-to-day life. So that's what started it all. We wanted to solve this problem in the country which had the most visually impaired. And uh, from there, we started off. And uh, if you look at our journey, we have been doing that from creating a brand which made eyeglass more of a fashion than a medical accessory to providing free eye checkups across our store and home visits and corporate camps and things like that. So currently, we do about uh, half a million checkups in a month. And uh, we have started to work on solving the problem that we set to solve. So this is really interesting because you have an online presence, an offline presence, you said even going to people's houses. So when you, you know, your role is VP of product, when you think about product, how does that look like? And how do you think, how do you decide how much to put on, you know, digital versus offline versus in-house experiences? So for us, uh, if you look at all these channels differently, like online, offline, home visit, etc., that doesn't really complete the user story. So as an example, a typical journey at LensCart might be that you're browsing Instagram, you come across our advertisement, you click it, you try out some of the glasses online, you maybe short test few pairs. And then if you don't have your eye checkup handy or your prescription handy, you go to the nearby store and get your eyes checked up. Mm -hmm. And once you have made the purchase, you typically go online for doing order tracking or, you know, maybe exchange in case there's an issue with the size or you're not very happy with the pair that you bought in. So for us, the way to look at it is we work completely customer backwards, understand what all are the pain points they have and how do we solve it across the journey. And uh, it becomes very interesting and important to have complete data communicating with each other across all our journeys. Uh, As an example, if you have bought a pair and you you might go on Twitter and raise a complaint about it and suddenly walk into a store down the street, the store manager needs to be on top of it. He needs to have this information on what happened with you, what is the history of it and how we can best service you. So that is, these are the kind of challenges that we work on uh, in LensCart product day in, day out. And since we started online, it is much easier for us to do. Like uh, just to give you an example, if you buy, if you go walk into any store, our team members already know what you have browsed online and what are some of your shortlists. So once they take your permission and get that information, A, they take out glasses which are very similar to what you have been looking online or maybe exactly the same ones present in the store. Mm. And on top of it, you are obviously able to try out the glasses which are not even there in the store virtually so that you can purchase from any of those glasses. So for us, it just made sense to this have this kind of thing available. Yeah. Uh, little did we knew that uh, once we build this, all this, Came into known, uh, came into be known as omni-channel and mm-hmm. big terms like endless aisles actually uh, got associated with it. How do you continue and track user experience ar- across all these different channels? How do you make sure that the experience, you know, is cohesive and coherent? If you go into the market, uh, there are very little tools which are available which do a good job of tracking online as well as offline well. So for that, what we did is uh, long back, we built our own tech stack to make sure that this tracking can be done properly because without it, we are really driving blind. And uh, to enable that, we had to take some big bets. Like the first one that we did is uh, we were the first ones in India to enable OTP validation on your phone when you walk into the store for placing an order. That was a big deal at the time and a friction point because uh, the person people were not used to giving their phone number and OTP at the time of placing order. But when they understood that this will allow them to track their order as they 
comes to the mm. home using their app or mobile site or it will help them in repair and services going forward it became the norm and now even if you go to take tea in india the person takes phone number and it's become a norm everywhere but what mm. that allowed us to do is it allowed us to establish your identity when you come online yeah. or to store or get an eye checkup by using your exact mobile number and we are able to then work backwards from that to understand where did you select your glasses where did you got your prescription from and uh, how many glasses have you bought things of those nature so you know i was thinking today first of all that's incredibly interesting i think looking back a year ago when us and i think india went into lockdown so it's been a year i think a lot of the stuff going in store and all of that has changed how have these things changed for you how have you you and your company adapted any highlights any lowlights of the past year yeah so i mean uh, firstly it is something not to be taken very lightly uh, yeah. just acknowledging the fact that there have been days with 15000 deaths per day and record unemployment numbers of 15% uh, it has this been a black swan event from all perspective on the business side for me personally the overarching theme of this pandemic was you know well summarized in the quote by lenin which said that there are decades where nothing happens and then weeks where decades happen oh wow so it was exactly like this uh, if you look at all the numbers uh, decades worth of growth in e-commerce happened in just one year the rise of cloud kitchens home deliveries reduction of retail all of that are trends which had already begun but really accelerated during this period so this has been the biggest thing and uh, what was the key takeaway for us at lenscard as well as for me personally is that the ability for people and organization to adopt to change will be the single pre- biggest predictor of future success uh, just in terms of you know highlight just sharing one small anecdote uh, we were in march and it was peak of you know chaos and confusion and lockdown period at that time so in india at least all the non essential services were shut down so even uh, likes of uh, amazon were not delivering at that time wow. whereas we were open because uh, we being in medical services we had to provide our services to our customers so what we thought about is that we thought about putting a tv campaign out there because viewing times had gone up drastically and we wanted to get the word out there that we are open and we can serve your needs because everywhere we were seeing people uh, on social media asking where do i get a pair of glasses from it is broken i can't work from home and things of those nature but uh, they were not very clear whether lenscart is open but in if you remember mid march end of march period it was practically impossible to shoot a tv commercial so what we did instead is we whatsapped our customers and asked them whether they would like to share feedback to our surprise they sent a lot of videos a lot of genuine videos with their kids wow. uh, where they mentioned that their kids were getting teary eyes because of being in front of the laptop whole day or how their glasses were broken they couldn't work from home and what we did is we went with it and we asked a lot of our customers to share video we stitched them together and we launched the tv commercial on april 14th and it really clicked and uh, we got a lot of new consumers just from that and this is something that we had of course never done before launch a national tv campaign with whatsapp videos stitched together mm, yeah that's incredible i think the interesting thing is that you reacted so fast um what do you think are i think some teams had a hard time reacting and changing course and you know pulling all of this together by like early april seems like a lot 
Any secrets for how you and your team were able to move so fast? I think it, it's just the culture of trying different things out. And uh, I think uh, it would not even occur to a lot of people to get the feedback. And then once we did try it out and we did get video responses and response back, it really opened the path for us. And once we get that, then it's just the ability to you know double down on it and actually try putting it on the TV. You guys, you and your team won our Mobile Growth Awards for Best Mobile Innovation. Uh, thank you for joining us. It was really awesome. Thanks for letting us participate there. Yeah. Tell the audience on what the campaign was. What did you guys win for? I, I mean, we all our judges were external. No one from Branch actually was part of the judges. So we didn't. So, but I, I know our judges loved your campaign. Tell us more about it. So going right into lockdown, when the restrictions were put into place, we knew a lot of customers will be moving online and they would be more and more willing to adopt the online experience. So if you look at eyewear buying in particular, there are typically two questions that are there in customers' mind. One is whether the glasses will fit me well. A person, if you ask them directly, they would know about the size of their t-shirt, even their shoes. But if you ask them about the size of glasses, it is not very standardized and no one knows about it. Yeah. So that is the very first question and first hesitation. The second one is whether it will look good on my face. Because people typically carry two to three pairs that they wear all the time. It almost becomes a part of their personality. So for answering these two questions, we uh, went to technology. And what we did is uh, using depth camera that uh, apple had launched in we first launched the tool to where you can take a selfie and you will get the exact size of glasses that fits you well we then built a machine learning algorithm so that the same can be applied on any camera on any android phone across the country nice and uh, that's how we came up with that size tool which is now available on all phones across android and ios the other thing that we did is with advances in augmented reality at Android and iOS, we built 3D models of our glasses. So when you give access to your camera, you're able to try those glasses online in 3D. So these two really mimic the offline experience for customers where they knew that the glasses they are getting is going to fit them well, as well as they are able to try them on in 3D. So this helped us, uh, this helped us immensely. And uh, this is the campaign that did well at Branch as well. That's really awesome. So... Are you willing to share any results or, you know, how the, maybe the percentage grows or something like this that you saw from something from this campaign? Yeah. So uh, more than one third of our users actually use augmented reality uh, at LensCart. Wow. And uh, during, during this period, our online growth doubled. That's amazing. What awesome results. So as a founder myself, I sometimes find it very hard to figure out where to like spend my energy especially as the company grows. What is your secret uh, when it comes to taking risks, what to try next? How do you choose the risk to take, where to put most of your energy? Any, do you have any personal frameworks for this? Yeah, in our case, uh, I mean, it sounds almost like a cliche, but the focus is on uh, long-term good for the customer. Mm. Uh, but what we do, interestingly, is that we typically begin by some hardcore matrices. We decide that upfront of what we will measure and how we will figure out whether what we are doing is making an impact or not. Like in, in terms of conversions, it was the step we took to build our own uh, analytics and framework where we started taking phone numbers of the customer, both online and offline, changing a, making a major change to the consumer behavior at that point. Similarly, for uh, customer experience, we have go with NPS and we 
take it from a couple of places. One is, of course, the direct measurement that we do with our customers. And second is all the Google reviews of stores that we have across the country. And once that is set in place, then we simply work backwards to determine what are the projects which are most customer impacting. And uh, one interesting thing that we do is we, while deciding on what to work on, we don't worry about how much effort it will take in. Mm. We only take customer impact in mind. Wow. And uh, that's interesting. I've yeah. never heard of that before. What if it takes years? How, what, how do you know? Or, but you could do something very small that, you know, maybe less impact, but could be done in a week. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But it's important for us to also get started on the event, which is going to take one year, wow. but it is going to have a big impact. Of course, the one which will take a week is something you'll pick up first. Yeah. But the ones which typically tend up end up getting left at first, but once done, end up becoming modes for you are the ones which are going to take extremely long time, but are important for the customers. How about, you know, it seems you've had a lot of examples of building things in-house. How do you think about this, like, build versus buy decision? You can't obviously build everything. And so it's better sometimes to focus on things where you're the expert. But how do you decide when you build versus where you, when you buy? So typically, we have uh, two fundamental rules we go by. The number one being that if it is available and it is better built outside, we definitely would go by that. But uh, the rule which is even more important and complements this rule is that how configurable the platform is that we are buying into. Does it allow us access to our own data? Does it allow us to build on top of it? Does it have open APIs that we can use? Because only time we will build something that is not, which is already available in the market, but is when we find out that we don't have the flexibility to build on top of it. Because uh, we might be solving one use case today, but if it grows and grows very well, I'm sure we'll come up with 10 more in the future. And that is the time when we need flexibility. So for us, as long as we are able to build on it, uh, the platform is open enough for us to access data and complement it with our own tech stack, we'll definitely go for the buy. And if any of those things are not available, that is when we build in-house. I think that's a really good platform and, and like way to think about it. Okay, so now let's look towards the future. It's been a hard year. Things are starting, fingers crossed, to come back to normal. But there's been a lot of adoption on both digital and mobile. What are you excited about this year and the next few years? How do any big shifts or changes that you foresee as we go back to normal, hopefully? In terms of advances in mobile, if I look backwards, right, there are two big things which helped us really well. One is the availability of 4G at a very cheap price in India. So uh, we get it for about nine cents per GB. That's factor of 100 cheaper than what you get in US. And the other thing which really helped us is the launch of True Depth and AR on mobile phones. Both of that, uh, both of these things helped us give in giving a very immersive experience to our customers, where they can try 3D models online, or they can see very rich catalogs and videos of glasses that they are buying online. So going by that, I think the two things which will be very big for us going forward is one, the launch of 5G, mm -hmm. because I think that will allow us to give even more richer experience to our customers. Yeah. And the new LiDAR technology, which is out in iPhone 12, because it is just a matter of time that before all other manufacturers also adopt us. With these two things in place and uh, with as customers adopt it, we will be able to give you know video catalogs all across a much more immersive experience video chat with the stylist so that they can help you select eyewear on the go. 
or even use iPhone, uh, your iPhone to measure your prescription online. So those are some of the use cases that we are really looking forward to as the technology adoption advances. Love it. Very, very exciting. So I think, you know, the other thing I always talk about is personal growth. And I think you've founded a company, grow a company. What are some of the biggest lessons you've learned during this time? And what advice would you have for someone thinking of starting a company now? So what I would say is that currently uh, over the past one year, what we have learned is that pace of change can be very, very quick. And this is something that is here to stay. So for anyone starting a company, the ability to adopt and the ability to change will be the single biggest factor for their success. So always keep your eyes open, always be very clear, uh, always continue to listen to customers and adopt as you go forward and start your own company. And upfront, set up matrices in place so that your bias is removed and you know where you are heading. Mm. So those are some of the things, but uh, in terms of, you know, career choice, I may definitely go ahead and do it because this is the best learning experience you can possibly have, the most raw experience where you directly work with customers and build something that they will use tomorrow itself. What have you learned about yourself from starting a company to becoming a leader? I think sometimes that's probably the part I've struggled the most, learning how to lead while also like doing a lot (laughs) in a less organized place than, you know, if I went to work for a big company. And I've seen other founders struggle with this. How have you like overcome some of those like leadership challenges, learning how to manage a large team as you grow so fast? So I'm still learning a lot. And I think uh, there's a lot to learn as we move forward. But the biggest uh, learning so far has been that the ability to zoom in and zoom out Mm. comes in very handy. And it's something that stays with you for a really long time. Ability to zoom out and look at where the overall product is heading, how customers are buying in, what are changes in consumer trends, and at the same time, zooming into a one particular problem which is coming in the way and is just stopping everything, every progress from moving forward. So the ability to just zoom in and zoom out is something which is absolutely critical and not very easy to adopt. Yeah, And I think that has been the biggest learning for me personally going into this. I love that. I've never heard it put that way. But I think it's really good. Very interesting way of, and I, I agree, it's incredibly important as a leader. I don't think just as a founder, if I think even of the best leaders that we hired, they have the ability to zoom out, but also zoom in. That's very cool. Well, this has been really awesome. But before we end, I usually have these like slightly quirky, slightly fun questions to ask. And I hope you're ready. Question number one is if you had to delete all the apps from your phone, you could only pick one, what would that be, Remnick? Uh, you know what? For me, there'll be Notion. And uh, uh, like the reason I say that manager. is... <laughs> <laughs> no one has no, done no, no, Notion seriously. before. I'm just going to say that. Uh, okay. I love it. But uh, I, I, think, I think that tells a lot about me to you yeah. because I use it not just to manage uh, product management or my work, but to manage my life. And I know with that in place, I'll... Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> and with that in place, I'll know how to still stay on track and, you know, have ability to track all my media notes all in one place. So I'll I'll go with Notion for that. Do you, like, yeah. do you track your, like, progress on your relationships on it? <laughs> do you invite your friends to not, Notion? Not, not, not relationships, but uh, progress on health for sure and things of those nature, yeah. Wow. 
or my trips, upcoming oh my trips or things of those nature. Yeah. Okay. That is a really good answer. Okay. Second one, you can build an app tomorrow and it's a magical app that allows you to talk to one animal or one type of animal. What do you pick? Let's see. So of all the animals, um, I find dogs to be one which really act as your companions and be it, you know, playing with friends, security, or, you know, just welcoming you home after a day's work. So I would love to have the ability to communicate with them much well. Do you have a dog? I have worked with my friends and family which have dogs and have lived with them during college days and they absolutely adore them. I still don't have a dog. Once the app is there and you can talk to them, you will get a dog, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, last one. This is usually the one that helps us understand something new about you. So if you, what's one app you have on your phone that would be unexpected to, you know, your colleagues or your friends? Okay, I might get myself into trouble with this one. But uh, uh, for me, that will be the, I think the doodle drawing app. Because uh, uh, during the meetings or in uh, <laughs> in some intense discussions, etc., what I find is that it really helps me actually concentrate more and takes me away from uh, trying to escape yeah. into that tweet or uh, Insta push notification, which is really a big time suck. So uh, I really find this Doodle drawing app much more helpful in these situations. Yeah. And you use an app versus like on the paper. I also found that I cannot concentrate if I don't do that. Yeah. People know that about. <laughs> yeah. But I, I have to do it with a pen. I can't do it in an app. I typically use it on uh, iPad when... Uh, Whenever oh, it is possible, it. yeah. That's cool. I mean, you know the branch logo? I was in a meeting with my co-founders and they were, t- were talking about something really important and I just like, it was very stressful. So I was doodling and that's how the branch logo came to be. Oh, wow. I showed that's them it. at the end. I was like, look, I, I doodled four and they picked one and I put in Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously we hire designers and it's more stylized today, but it's still from that doodle in that meeting. We were in this incubator. So sometimes good things come from doodles. Absolutely. That's awesome. I didn't know about that. That's fantastic. I don't think that's a... Yeah, sometimes I feel weird because I make things and people see me doodle and I think I'm not paying attention. But as you said, I think it means we are definitely paying attention. (laughs) Absolutely. It does. It does. I really mean it. Yeah. Well, congrats again on all the success. Thank you for sharing all these awesome stories with us. And uh, it was really, really great having you with us today, Ramnik. Thanks for having me here. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this and share with someone trying to grow their career. Until next time, keep growing.